What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Mailari. So today is the first day back for Major League Baseball after the All-Star break, and I've been meaning to record an episode on my season predictions. Now, since the beginning of the year, I've had a Google spreadsheet of record predictions for every single team in baseball since the first week of April. Unfortunately, never got to doing it uh, and recording the episode, so I figured why not now do it after the All-Star break and assess where all my predictions are at. So I'm going to start off with my predictions for each team record-wise. I'll get into my playoff picture and my, my, my predictions there and how things are going. And then I'll give you guys an update on what the MLB playoff picture looks like today and my predictions from this point on. So let's start off with my predictions for each team in their record. We'll start off, we're going to go alphabetical here, the Arizona Diamondbacks. I had them at 77 and 85 with a 475 win percentage. They're currently at a 571 win percentage, so I was off with them. They were a surprise team this year. I thought they'd be better than they were last year, but didn't expect them to be as good as they are right now. Next up is the Atlanta Braves. I had them at 96 and 66 in my predictions, a 592 win percentage. They're currently at a 674 win percentage. So they're much better than I thought they were going to be. I thought they'd be a good team. thought they'd be in the conversation, obviously, to win the World Series. I had them actually coming in second in the NL East to the Mets. That's not going to be the case. They're going to win the NL East rather easily. Next up, the Baltimore Orioles. I had them at 81 and 81 of my predictions with a 500 win percentage. They're currently at a 607 win percentage. So the first three teams are off with all three of them. And these are predictions made in April, the first week of April, just the beginning of the season. So you can't expect to get that many right. But I was off with these three teams. I had Baltimore going 500, which is an improvement from where they were at historically over the last 10 years. Obviously, last year was a better year than they've had in years past, and I thought this year would be another building year for them, but they're already competing and contending right now for the AL pennant. I had them at 500. They were 607 win percentage as a ball club. So next up is the Boston Red Sox. I had them at 86 and 76 in my predictions with a 530 win percentage. They're currently at a 527 win percentage, and I'll stay with the 86 and 76. I think that's honestly a good estimate. I think the Sox will actually have a chance to make the playoffs. I them at 86 and 76, and I'll stay there. That's not a bad prediction. I'll be happy with that if that were to be the case. If the Sox go 86 and 76, I'll take it. Next up is the Chicago White Sox, and that was a surprise team that struggled this year. I had them at 80 and 82, so I had them under 500 anyways with a 493 win percentage overall. They're currently at a 413 win percentage, a 413 win percentage there for the Chicago White Sox. And I'll tell you what they are overall. Just give me one second here. The Chicago White Sox right now, 38 and 54. 38 and 54. As for the Red Sox, they're 48 and 43. Orioles are 54 and 35. The Braves are 60 and 29. And the Diamondbacks are 52 and 39. So this is you know the breakdown of everyone's records of the first six teams I've talked about. But the White Sox, 38 and 54 in the year. I had them going overall 80 and 82. So they're not going to be a 500 ball club, you know, from this point out. So that prediction will be a little bit off, which is fine. But I had them under 500 regardless. Chicago Cubs, I had them at 72 and 90. With a 444 win percentage, so 72 wins, 90 losses, a 444 win percentage. They're currently at a 472 win percentage, so I wasn't too far off there with them. They are a 42 and 47 ball club on the year. Next up is the Cincinnati Reds, who are a surprise team in baseball this year. I had 56 and 106. I thought they'd be still building with that young core. Obviously, Hunter Green is a young pitcher to build around. They had some prospects coming up that everybody knew would come up at some point this year, Ellie De La Cruz included, and then Matt McClain as well has been really good. I thought that they'd maybe be a similar record that they were last year, but have a little bit more excitement with those prospects coming up. Did not see 
a 570 or 549 win percentage team when I looked at that roster when I did these predictions in April. I saw them at 56 wins, saw them coming in last in the division there, and they're looking like they're going to be making a run in the NL pennant. It could be buyers at the trade deadline just to make things interesting there in the NL. So they've been a great team all year and a surprise squad there in Cincinnati. I don't think anybody had them in the position they're in right now. Next up is the Cleveland Guardians. I had them at 87 and 75 in my predictions for a 537 win percentage. They're currently deadlocked at 500 in the first half of the year, 45 and 45 through the first 90 games. So I had them a little bit better than they actually are right now. I had them at 537. They're at 500 so far in the first 90 games of the year. Next up is the Colorado Rockies, which they were another team that nobody had really high expectations for. I had them winning 66 games in my predictions. I had them at 66 and 96 for a 407 win percentage. They currently sit at a 374 win percentage on the year with a 34-57 record. So a tough showing there for Colorado. That's a team that's just building for the future. Next up is the Detroit Tigers, who I had low expectations for anyways. They're actually a little bit better than I thought in my predictions. I had them at 65-97 and 97 with a 401 win percentage. They're currently at a 438 win percentage with a 39-50 and 50 record in the first 89 games of the season. Next up is the Houston Astros a team that everybody had high expectations for, myself included, and they're a team that hasn't really disappointed on the year. They had a couple tough stretches, but they've been dealing with a lot of injuries, but still a World Series contender and a favorite to win the AL. I had them at 94 and 68 in my predictions with a 580 win percentage. They're currently at a 549 win percentage, so a little bit less than what I had them at in my predictions. They're currently sitting at 50 and 41 going into the second half of the season post-All-Star break. Next up is the Kansas City Royals. Once again, another team no one really had high expectations for, just like the Detroit Tigers, just like the Cincinnati Reds, just like the Rockies. Royals, I had them at 63 and 99 for a 388 win percentage. They are currently at a 286 win percentage on the year, sitting at 26 and 65 going into the second half of the year. Next up, Los Angeles Angels, a team that I was very, very high on. I saw them make moves in the offseason to get Hunter Renfro, Gio Urshela. Anthony Rendon was coming back healthy at the start of the season. I really liked Mike Trout with Shohei Otani again. I was hoping that they'd make a run and have a postseason push together. I liked the Tyler Anderson signing. I really liked their trade last year to get Mickey Moniak at the trade deadline. I thought he could contribute to them this year. I really liked the progress that they were making over the last year or so to try to compete. I've been 89 and 73 in my predictions for a 549 win percentage. They're currently sitting at a 495 win percentage going into the second half of the year with a 45 and 46 record overall, sitting at 1 and 9 in the last 10 games, 6 and 14 in the last 20, and 14 and 16 in the last 30. And we'll be without Mike Trout for at least six weeks. Anthony Rendon's hurt as well. And then also Zach Neto, a young promising shortstop that they have, that they're very confident in, that they can build around in the future. He's hurt as well. They are without Gio Urshela for the rest of the year. Brandon Drury's hurt right now. And Shohei Otani could be traded at the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens with this Angels team. I think a lot of what they're going to do with the trade deadline depends on what they're going to do over the next week, which they have a series against Houston now, a three-game series against Houston, and a three-game series against the Yankees, and then three against Pittsburgh. So nine games coming up between now and next Sunday. I think if you look at this Angels team, I think they have to figure out where they're going to go. They're 1-9 in the last 10 games, fourth in the AL West, 45-46 and 46 overall in the year. If they don't go 6-3 and three over that nine-game stretch, I'd imagine Shohei Otani probably has moved to the trade deadline. Do I want to move Shohei Otani? No. But if I were the Angels GM, and if I looked at the situation in the offseason coming up, I'd imagine that team's going to offer him heavy, heavy money. So if I have the opportunity right now to offer him $600 million, he declines it, let's say, 
then I know he probably doesn't want to come back. So let's trade him. If things continue to go downhill, let's trade him. Since I see Mike Trout hurt in front of me for another six weeks, I see Anthony Rendon hurt right now. I see Brandon Drury hurt right now. I see Gio Rochella out for the rest of the year. I see a lot of problems there with the Angels staying healthy. Another guy, Logan O'Hoppy, he's been hurt since the beginning of the season. So there's a lot of injuries around this Angels team, and that's one thing that worries me. And that's why I think they might trade Shohei Otani. If things continue to go downhill, they might see an offer and say, why not? We'll see what happens there. They're currently at a 495 win percentage, a game under 545-46. They have to take two of three games against Houston this weekend. They have to if they want to try to keep Shohei Otani on the Angels post the trade deadline, which the trade deadline's coming up. It's August 1st. You have to still be in contention, I think, if you're definitely going to keep Shohei Otani. You definitely have to still be in contention. I am at 89 and 73 my predictions with a 549 win percentage. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, unfortunately, with all those injuries. If those guys were healthy, I would still stay confident with that Angels team. But with Mike Trout, Rendon, Urshela, Ohapi, all of those guys hurt, Drury as well, it's hard to bet on this Angels team. So next up is the Los Angeles Dodgers. I have 162 overall on the year. My predictions with a 617 win percentage. They are currently at a 573 win percentage so far in the first half of the season, sitting at 51 and 38 overall. This is a team that I'm still confident in. They're a team that didn't really make many moves this past offseason. They let Justin Turner go in free agency. They let Trey Turner go in free agency. They got J.D. Martinez and Jason Hayward in on smaller contracts. They let Cody Bellinger leave. They let Tyler Anderson leave. And they also let Chris Martin leave as well. They let a lot of guys leave this past offseason, but I was still confident in this roster and what they've been building in the Dodgers farm system and on their major league roster as well. I've been confident in what they've been doing. So I had them at 100 wins, which they won't get 100 wins, but I'm still confident in them making a run in the NL. But they do have to figure things out with their bullpen and get healthy in their starting rotation and maybe even add another piece in that middle infield at the shortstop position. We'll see what they do, but I'm rooting for the Dodgers to continue to turn things around, which they've done now over the past month. They are 7-3 in the last 10 games and 12-8 and in the last 20, sitting at 51-38 and overall in the year. And that's a team that I think is my favorite right now to get Shohei Otani, whether it's at the trade deadline or getting him in free agency. I'm not really sure they're going to go get him at the trade deadline since I think they'd rather keep all those prospects rather than go for Shohei as a rental. I think they'd want to keep Shohei, but they don't want to risk getting him as a rental piece and then seeing him leave in this offseason and lose top prospects. So they have nine top 100 prospects on MOB.com's top 100 prospects, which is very impressive for a team that has one of the highest payrolls in baseball year in and year out. To have that great of a farm system is impressive as well. And that's why I always respect what the Dodgers are building there in LA. Next up is the Miami Mountains, a team that I had at 74 and 88, my predictions for a 456 win percentage. They're currently at 53 and 39 on the year for a 576 win percentage. So they were a team that I thought would be a little bit better than they were last year. I'm a big fan of Jazz Chisholm, so I was rooting for them to turn things around. Same thing with Jorge Soler. I'm a big fan of him as well. They picked up uh, Luis Arise in the offseason. I thought they'd be a little bit better team offensively this year. I had at 456 as a win percentage. They're currently at 576, a team that's definitely going to make the playoffs as an out. So impressive showing there so far in the first half of the season by the Marlins. Next up is the Milwaukee Brewers. I had at 90 and 72 for a 555 win percentage in my predictions. They're a team that's currently sitting at 49-42 with a 538 win percentage, which I was pretty close there. Next up is the Minnesota Twins. I had them at 85-77 and in my predictions for a 524 win percentage. They're currently at a 495 win percentage and are sitting at a 45-46 record with a 495 win percentage, as I said. So one game under 500 so far in the first half of the season for Minnesota. 
They do still have some time to figure things out, especially with that central division not being great, but they're underperforming as of now with the talent they have in that roster. They did trade Luis Arise to Miami, but they also did get Carlos Correa back on a new contract, and they have Byron Buxton as well. So they have some talent on that roster, and I thought they'd be a little bit better than they are right now. Next up is the New York Yankees. I have at 92 and 70, my predictions for 567 win percentage. They currently are sitting at a 538 win percentage with a 49 and 42 record overall on the year. They've been struggling without Aaron Judge in the lineup. They're 4 and 6 in the last 10 games, 10 and 10 in the last 20, and 13 and 17 in the last 30 games. They've been struggling as of late without Judge in that lineup. He did take batting practice supposedly today, so we'll see if he comes back with that toe injury at some point soon. We know that lineup obviously needs him. That's why I think. There's a chance the Yankees go out and get maybe one soda at the trade deadline, maybe try to go get Shohei Otani at the trade deadline. They're definitely going to try to add to that lineup and try to help that lineup get better, especially when Judge comes back. That lineup's a lot better with Judge in it, and if you add a piece like Juan Soto, like Shohei Otani, obviously it becomes a lot better. I think Shohei Otani is going to be traded from the San Diego Padres as of now. I know it's a hot take, but with the Padres sitting at 43-47 so far with a 478 win percentage in the first half, 15 and 15 in the last 30, 9 and 11 in the last 20. They've been struggling as of late. They are 64 in the last 10, which is a little bit of a positive momentum piece there for them. But they are 9 and 11 in the last 20 games, 15 and 15 in the last 30. They traded a ton of prospects last year with the trade deadline to get Juan Soto. They did pay Manny Machado in the offseason, Xander Bogots in the offseason, Yu Davish in the offseason, and then obviously have Tatis on a monster contract as well. If they have any hope at getting a guy like Shohei Otani in the offseason, which there have been reports that they're interested in him, which I'd imagine they will be, you can't have Juan Soto and Shohei get big money as well. So in that case, they'd have to pick. I think they trade Juan Soto regardless, though, whether they try to get Otani or not. I think this team's not performing to the level they thought they were going to be at at this point in the season. I know I had higher expectations for them. I didn't really think they were going to win the NL, but I thought they'd definitely be a team that would be contending. Right now, they're not even in the playoff picture there. Six games out of the last wildcard spot in the NL. So they could be in a position to trade Juan Soto and get a ton of prospects back that they traded last year to get him from Washington at the trade deadline just about a year ago from this time last year. So for the Yankees, as I said, I had them at 92 and 70 for a 567 win percentage. They are currently sitting right now at 49 and 42 for a 538 win percentage. So I thought they'd be a little bit better than they are right now. But Obviously, the injury to Aaron Judge has definitely hindered their season and obviously has been something they've been trying to overcome the entire time he's been out of the lineup. So next up is the New York Mets. The biggest disappointment in the MLB for the entire season. I had them at 102 wins and 60 losses for a 629 win percentage. They're currently at a 467 win percentage and are sitting at 42 and 48, six games under 500 going into the second half of the season. They started to turn things slightly around before the All-Star break, 6-4 and four in the last 10 games, but 9-11 and 11 in the last 20. Nine wins, 11 losses in the last 20 games, and then 12-18 and 18 in the last 30. 12 wins, 18 losses in the last 30 games played. They've been struggling. They could be maybe even biased still at the trade deadline. They still could buy into this roster, considering how much money they've already put in. They've invested a ton, obviously with Steve Cohen being the richest owner in the game of baseball. He's invested a ton of money to try to make this a winning product and be a championship contender. Obviously, things aren't going right now for the New York Mets. We'll see what they do at the trade deadline, but things are just not going right for them overall in the first half of the season. Some has to do with injuries, obviously, with Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander missing some time. Pete Alonso only hitting 211 in the first half of the season has been something that they've been struggling with. And then they have some other pieces. Francisco Lindor's not hitting like he typically does. They have Stalin Mate struggling as well. 
this Mets team is definitely a lot more talented than their record shows. And that's why I think there is a potential chance that they are still buyers at the trade deadline since they do have a lot of talent on that roster. If things just start to go their way and they maybe have a 15 and 5, 20 game stretch, who knows what would happen? That would obviously turn this season around. But as of now, they are the biggest disappointment in the game of baseball. And I was very high on that team coming into this year. Just like a lot of people were, though. So it wasn't just me at the end of the day. So next up is the Oakland Athletics. I had them at 59 wins, 103 losses for a 364 win percentage. Setting a team's win total at 59 wins is already low as is. But some of the Oakland days are going to be even worse than that, 59 wins. They're going to be even worse than that. They're currently sitting at a 272 win percentage so far on the year with a 25 and 67 record. 25 wins and 67 losses so far with a 272 win percentage. They were worse than I even thought they'd be. Next up is the Philadelphia Phillies. I had them at 87 and 75 for a 537 win percentage on the year. They're currently at a 539 win percentage. So I was pretty close there with the Phillies record. They're currently sitting at 48 and 41 and have started to turn things around so far in the last 30 games, 21 and 9 in the last 30 games played. So I was pretty close there with my record prediction for them. Next up is the Pittsburgh Pirates. I had them at 66 and 96 for a 407 win percentage. They're currently at a 456 win percentage. They have made some strides this year, definitely talent-wise. O'Neill Cruz going down early in the year definitely didn't help them. They are currently sitting at 41 and 49 and just 3 and 7 in the last 10 games, 7 and 13 in the last 20, and 9 and 21 in the last 30 games played. They'll definitely be a seller at the trade deadline. Next up is the San Diego Padres, who I've already talked about. I had them at 94 and 68, my predictions for a 580 win percentage. They're currently sitting at a 478 win percentage with 43 wins and 47 losses. They had just 9 and 11 in the last 20 games and 15 and 15 in the last 30. We'll see what they do with the trade deadline, but I'd not be surprised to see them at least try to shop Juan Soto to get some prospects back in return. Next up is the San Francisco Giants. I had them at 77 and 85 in my predictions for a 475 win percentage. They're a lot better than that right now. They're currently sitting at a 544 win percentage with a 49 and 41 record in the first half of the year. They are 19 and 11 in the last 30 games. They definitely started to turn things around in the last month or so, and they're still in contention here in the NL to make the playoffs. So impressive showing there for the Giants on the year so far. Next up is Seattle Mariners. I had them at 83 wins, 79 losses, and a 512 win percentage. They're currently at a 506 win percentage. With a 45 and 44 record in the first half of the year, 7 and 3 in the last 10 games. They've started to turn things around slightly in the last 20 to 30 games, 11 and 9 in the last 20, 16 and 14 in the last 30, and as I said, 7 and 3 in the last 10. The Mariners definitely are starting to turn things around and get hot a little bit, which will help them. I had them at a 512 win percentage. They're currently at a 506 win percentage. So I was pretty close in my predictions there with them. Next up is the St. Louis Cardinals. Once again, another very disappointing team, just like the New York Mets. I had them at 89 wins, 73 losses, and a 549 win percentage. They're currently at a 422 win percentage on the year with a 38-52 record overall and a 13-17 in the last 30 games played. They'll definitely be a heavy seller at the trade deadline. Next up is the Tampa Bay Rays, a team that I underestimated, I guess. I had them at a 537 win percentage on the year for an 87-75 record, so 87 wins, 75 losses. They're currently at a 624 win percentage with 58 wins and 35 losses so far in the first half of the season. They've started to slip a little bit as of late, though, so we'll see how they finish the second half of the year. But they're 3-7 and seven in the last 10 games played, 7-13 and 13 in the last 20, and 14-16 and 16 in the last 30 games played. They've started to cool down a little bit. They've started to cool down. The reason why I had them at an 87-win total there in the, my predictions here is because I saw them make no moves in the offseason. They let G-Man Choi go. They let Kevin Kiermaier go. 
the only move they really made in the offseason was getting Zach Eflin, which I didn't really buy into just getting Zach Eflin, even though he's been great on the year. The Red Sox were actually close to getting him last year in the offseason. But just getting Zach Eflin, I didn't think was going to prove their roster to be where they're at in the first 20 games of the season, and maybe even at this point, too. I didn't see them at a 624 win percentage at this point in the season. But the way they started the season was ridiculous. I mean, they were unbeatable in the beginning of the season. They started off the season 13-0. 13-0 in the first 13 games of the season. It was 17-3 in the first 20 games of the season. And even the first 30 games, they were 24-6. and I didn't see them starting the year that hot. Obviously, in my predictions, I had them being an 87-win team, which is right on the board to make the playoffs. So I didn't see them being a 58-35 record team in the first half of the season like they are right now. But they are cooling off as of late. I had them just missing the playoffs, I believe, in my predictions, which I'll get to in just about a minute. So next up is the Texas Rangers. I had them at 86 wins, 76 losses, and a 530 win percentage on the year. They currently had a 570 win percentage at this point in the season. 571 for win percentage with 52 wins and 39 losses. That's another team just like the Tampa Bay Rays that have cooled off as of late. The Rangers are 3-7 and seven in the last 10 games, 8-12 and 12 in the last 20, and then 12-18 and 18 in the last 30 games played. They've struggled as of late, just like the Tampa Bay Rays. Both teams going cold at the same pot of the season. But as for the Texas Rangers, I saw them being an 86-win team. I thought they'd make the playoffs and be right in the mix of things in the AL. With the moves they made in the offseason about a year and a half ago from now when they got Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, that was two good building blocks there to their franchise. And then this past offseason, they added Jake DeGrom and then also Nate Evaldi in free agency. So I liked the way they were starting to turn things around there and get their franchise back on track. They added Martin Perez like a year or so ago now, and he ended up being one of the best pitches last year and has had a good season this year as well. So I saw them making strides to compete in the AL. So I had them at 86 wins with a 530 win percentage. They're currently at a 571 win percentage with a 52-39 and 39 record overall on the year. Next up is the Toronto Blue Jays. I had them at 91 wins, 71 losses, and a 561 win percentage. They're currently at a 549 win percentage on the year, sitting at 50 and 41 so far in the first half of the season, winning six of their last 10 games, 11 of their last 20, and 17 of their last 30 games. That's a team that I thought would compete in the AL like they are right now. Very good offense. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Matt Chapman, Bo Bichette, three very good players there in the heart of their order. Also have some other good pieces as well in that lineup. That's a team that definitely would compete in the AL. I had them being a good playoff team in my predictions, and I'll let you know where I had them falling off in just a minute when I get into my playoff predictions that I set in April. So the last team I'm going to mention is the Washington Nationals, who I had at 56 wins, 106 losses, and a 345 win percentage. They are currently at a 400 win percentage on the year with a 36 at 54 record in the first half of the season. They had 9-11 in the last 20 games and 11-19 in the last 30. That's a team that I knew would struggle this year and be one of the worst in baseball, which I had them at a 345 win percentage. They've exceeded my expectations, though, at a 400 win percentage at this point in the season. So now I'll get into my predictions for the playoffs and what I thought was going to happen. Then I'll give you guys an update of what the playoff picture looks like right now and where I have teams falling in the playoffs if the playoffs begin today. So let's start off with my predictions. In the American League, I had the Astros and Yankees getting first-round buys out of the wildcard round. And then the NL, I had the Dodgers and Mets getting first-round buys in the NL. So the Dodgers, Mets, Yankees, Astros, all of those teams not having to play in the wildcard round. So that would leave the third and sixth seed in each league to play against each other in the wildcard round. And the fourth seed and five seed in each league to play each other as well in the wildcard round. So let me give you a breakdown of what I had seedings-wise, one through six in the AL and NL. So I had the Astros as the one seed in the AL 
The Yankees is the two seed in the AL. The Guardians is the three, since they're a division winner. I the Jays as the fourth seed in the AL, being the first wildcard team. I the Angels as the five seed in the AL, the second wildcard team. And then I the Rangers as the sixth team in the AL with an 87-75 record, I them being the last wildcard spot in the AL. As to the National League, I the Mets and Dodgers being the one and two seeds, respectively, in the NL. Then I the Brewers as the other division winner there, being third in the seedings there in the NL. And then I the Braves as the best wildcard in the NL, being the fourth seed. I the Padres being the second wildcard team, being the five seed. And then I the Cardinals as the sixth seed in the NL and rounding out the wildcard there. So I the Rangers and Cardinals as the respective six seeds in the AL and NL. So let me give you a breakdown of matchups. So that would mean the Yankees, Astros, Dodgers, and Mets with all the first-round buys. It would leave the Rangers to play against the Guardians, the six versus the three there. I, the Rangers, beat the Guardians in my predictions in the wildcard round. I, the Angels, then facing the Blue Jays, the five versus four there in the AL wildcard round. I, the Angels, beating the Jays in that matchup. Then I, the Brewers, the three seed versus the six seed Cardinals. I, the Brewers, winning that matchup. And then I had the Braves, the fourth seed over the five seed Padres in my predictions. Then in the divisional round, I had the Astros over the Rangers, the Angels over the Yankees, the Mets over the Braves, and the Dodgers over the Brewers. So that's the AL divisional. I had the Astros over Rangers, Angels over Yankees. And then in the NL divisional, I had the Mets over the Braves and the Dodgers over the Brewers, leaving the ALCS and NLCS to come down to the Angels and Astros and Mets and Dodgers. I had the Astros beating the Angels in six games. And then I had the Mets beating the Dodgers in seven games, leaving it to be the Mets versus Astros in the World Series. And I had the Mets beating the Astros in seven games. I was really close to putting the Angels in the World Series, but I thought that was even too much to be in a prediction. I thought even them making the ALCS would be a hot take to most people. So I had the Angels making a deep run. I thought it would be maybe too much of you know just a great dream if they were to make the World Series. I think if they made the ALCS, it would obviously spice things up for Otani and Trout, and maybe Otani would want to go back in free agency if they were to compete and make the ALCS. So I had them going all the way to the ALCS, but losing in six games to Houston, and then I had the Mets beating the Dodgers in seven games, and then the Mets beating the Astros in seven games in the World Series. And now I'll tell you what the wild card picture looks like today. In the American League, the Rays and Rangers right now have buys in the wildcard round. So the Tampa Bay Rays and Texas Rangers both would not have to play in the wildcard round if the playoffs start today. Then the matchups would be the Guardians versus the Astros and the Orioles versus the Blue Jays. So Cleveland versus Houston, and then it would be Baltimore versus Toronto. Then in the NL, if the playoffs start today, Atlanta and Arizona would both get buys in the NL wildcard round. And then it would be Cincinnati versus San Francisco. And then Miami versus the Dodgers. So Marwins, Dodgers, and then Reds, Giants. So that's what things look like today in the American League and National League playoff pictures. And now I'm going to give you predictions from this point on. What do I think is going to happen in the last 70 to 75 games or so of the season? So we'll start off with the American League. Right now, I think the Texas Rangers win the AL West. I have the Orioles winning the AL East. And I have the Guardians winning the AL Central. Meaning my seedings... In the American League, would be the Rangers as the one seed. I'd go with Baltimore as the two seed. And I'd go to Cleveland as the three seed in the AL. Then for my wildcard teams in the AL, I have the Rays as the top wildcard. I have the Astros as the middle wildcard. And I have the Red Sox being the last wildcard team in the AL. So let me break down some of those picks. I think the Orioles win the division in the AL East because right now they're just two games behind Tampa Bay. 
and still play Tampa Bay eight games between now and October. Still play them eight more times. So if Baltimore goes six and two or five and three in that eight game stretch, they make up ground right there against Tampa Bay. The easiest way to make up ground against teams in your division is to win in your division and beat those divisional teams. When you play those teams in AL East matchups, when the Orioles play their Rays, the way you make up a lot of ground is by beating the Rays. You're gaining a game while they're losing a game. So it's a big swing. Tampa Bay right now is the sixth hottest remaining schedule in the game of baseball. And then Baltimore is stuck at seventh hottest remaining schedule in baseball. So they have similar schedule, you know, strength of schedules in the remaining games. As for the Red Sox making it in and being the last wildcard spot, I'm confident in the Sox right now. They're 8-2 and two in the last 10 games, 12-8 and eight in the last 20 games, 17-13 in the last 30, are on a five-game win streak heading into this series against the Chicago Cubs this weekend. They play Chicago, and that being the Cubs for three games at Chicago, then play at Oakland for three games, and then return home to Fenway Park to play the New York Mets for three games. If the Sox go 6-3 and three in that nine-game stretch, maybe even 7-2 and two if things were to really work out, but I'd take 6-3 and three and be happy, that would be huge. And if you look at the rest of the Red Sox schedule for the remainder of the season, they have three games versus Oakland, seven games versus Kansas City, three games against Washington, three games against Chicago White Sox, and three games against Detroit. So right there, that's 19 games between Oakland, Kansas City, Washington, the Chicago White Sox, and Detroit. That's huge. And that's definitely a big reason for the Sox to have the 18th hottest schedule remaining in the game of baseball. So I'm confident in the Sox right now to make the playoffs. I think they definitely have a good shot to be in the mix of things when the playoffs roll around. If you look at my predictions, I had the Sox finishing at 86 and 76. I had the Rangers finishing at 87 and 75. So I had the Sox missing the playoffs in my original predictions that I made in April. I had them missing the playoffs by a game. I had the Rays missing the playoffs by a game as well. I had the Sox and Rays both going 86 and 76. And then I had the Rangers at 87 and 75 taking the last AL wildcard spot. So I had the Sox just barely missing in the AL. I always thought they'd be either a game in or a game out of the playoffs. And as of right now, I'm going to stay with the 86 and 76. Even that seems like too much to some people. I'm looking at it from the perspective of the Red Sox are hot right now. They still have a decent remaining schedule against teams that they should probably beat, which they have struggled with beating teams they should beat on the year. They've been playing really good against good baseball teams on the year, but they've struggled against teams that they should beat. But if you look at the Red Sox against teams 500 better on the year, the Red Sox are the third best record in the game of baseball against teams 500 or better. The Red Sox are 31 to 25 against teams that are 500 or better. But if you look at the Sox versus teams that are worse than 500, the Red Sox are currently 24th in the game of baseball against teams under 500. 17 wins and 18 losses. 17 wins and 18 losses. So they have the 24th best win percentage against teams 500 or worse in the game of baseball. If you look at teams that are greater than 500, the Sox have the third best win percentage. 31 to 25 on the year. The Braves, Rays, Red Sox are the top three teams against teams 500 or better in the game of baseball this year. So the Sox have beaten the good teams this year. They've struggled against the bad teams. But I thought, with my predictions going into the year, I thought the Sox would be in the mix. And now when I look at this Red Sox team, I see a team that's going to get Trevor Story back, hopefully within the next month. A team that's been struggling without Chris Sale, Tana Houck, and Garrett Whitlock in the starting rotation. 
all three of those guys hopefully should be back. If the Red Sox can make a playoff push in September, those three guys would obviously be huge and would be great additions to that rotation, which hopefully all three of them are back at some point. I just had an episode a couple days ago in the studio at WZBC at PC, and I was talking about some updates with all three of those guys and even Trevor Story as well. So those three pitches and Trevor Story. So they should get those guys back hopefully at some point. So I'm buying into this Red Sox team for them to make the playoffs. I think they have a chance right now, and why not go all in and make the playoffs? Even if they're not a World Series contender right now in some people's eyes, get hot, get some of those pieces back, and make a couple moves at the trade deadline and see what happens. Why not? Why not? If you look at the Atlanta Braves when they won the World Series in 2021, nobody saw them really as the favorite to win the NL. What happens? They got hot in the second half of the season, win the World Series. An even better example, last year the Philadelphia Phillies. Nobody saw them as a World Series contender. Second half of the season, they get hot and make it to the World Series. Ultimately lose, obviously, to the Houston Astros, but they made it to the World Series. 2019, the Washington Nationals, another surprise team that won the World Series that nobody had going as far as they did. So we'll see with the Sox. Why not make a run and try to make the postseason? I don't see a problem with it. So really quick, from this point on, I have the AL being the Rangers, Orioles, and Guardians as the one through three seeds, and those three teams being divisional winners there. And then I have the Rays, Astros, and the Red Sox as the three wildcard teams in the AL. So next up, I have the National League predictions. From this point on, what do I think is going to happen? I have the Braves winning the NL East. Not really surprised. I have the Dodgers winning the NL West. And I have the Brewers winning the NL Central. So there's my one through three seeds there in the NL. All divisional winners, obviously. Braves, Dodgers, Brewers. Then I have the Marlins, Reds, and Diamondbacks as my NL wildcard teams as of today. So... That means the Phillies would be missing the playoffs. And even though they've come on as of late, they're 21-9 and in the last 30 games played, which is the third best record of baseball over the last 30, I that missing the playoffs in my original predictions by about a game, I'm going to stay with that. In my predictions from April, I the Cardinals going 89-73 and and making the playoffs, I the Phillies at 88-74 missing the playoffs by one game. So I'm going to stay consistent with that. Even though the Phillies have been hot as of late and have a very good roster, that did struggle and underperformed in the first half of the season for the most part before getting really hot over the last month. I'm going to stay with them missing the playoffs by a game. Next up is the San Francisco Giants. I have them missing the playoffs as well. The Giants are playing good baseball, though, as of late. 19 wins and 11 losses in the last 30 games played, which is the fifth best mock in the game of baseball over the last 30 games. I have them missing the playoffs. Another team I've missed in the playoffs, the Mets, a team I was very high on. I thought we're going to go all the way to the World Series. But as of now, it's really hard to bet on this Mets team to make a run. They are 6-4 and four in the last 10 games played, so they've started to turn things around lightly. But they have the third hottest remaining schedule in the game of baseball. Seven games against Atlanta, six games against Miami, six games against the Dodgers, three games against Houston, three games against Texas, and three games against Baltimore. With that being said, though, they do have 22 combined games between Kansas City, the Washington Nationals, the Chicago White Sox, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and the Cubs. So who knows? Maybe they go and make moves at the trade deadline and at least try to make a run. And then on the other hand, they could just say, we have a tough remaining schedule. The season has not gone our way. Maybe we go and move some assets at the trade deadline. Maybe be even in the middle of buying and selling. But there have been some talks about trading Max Scherzer if things don't go right at the trade deadline. I think that's definitely a possibility for them. It's hard to pick this Mets team to be a playoff team at this point in the season. It's really hot. This is a team that I had at 101 and 61 of my predictions. I had them winning the NL. Right now, the Mets sit 
At a record of 42 and 48, six games under 500. So it's hard to bet on that team to make a run in the postseason. Next up is my predictions here for what happens in the wildcard round. So my wildcard buys in the AL, it's the Texas Rangers and Baltimore Orioles. And then it's the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers in the NL. As for the Atlanta Braves, they have a pretty easy schedule remaining. They get 23 games against Colorado, Washington, the Chicago White Sox, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis. They have a favorable schedule in the remaining part of the season, which lands them at 23rd in strength of schedule with 73 games to go. So I think they are the one seed in the NL. Then I have the Dodgers as the two seed in the NL. So now here's my wild card matchups. In the NL, I have the Diamondbacks facing off against the Brewers. I have the Diamondbacks taking down the Brewers in that matchup. Then I have the Miami Marlins going up against the Cincinnati Reds. I have the Marlins taking down the Reds in that matchup. So now moving on and going to the AL wildcard matchups. I have the Red Sox versus Guardians, and I have the Astros versus the Rays. I have Boston taking down Cleveland, and then I have Houston taking down Tampa Bay in the AL wildcard. So now this leaves the Rangers and the Red Sox to match up in the ALDS, the divisional series in the AL, and then we have the Orioles matching up against the Astros. As of now, I'm going to go with the Rangers beating the Red Sox in five games in the ALDS. I think the Sox will make a run. Keep it close with the Rangers. The Rangers do have the better roster, even though the Sox should get some pieces back within the next month. I think the Texas Rangers have the best roster in the AL. So I have the Rangers taking down the Red Sox in five games. And then I have a surprise pick. I have the Baltimore Orioles taking down the Houston Astros in five games. And it's tough to say the Astros are going to lose in the ALDS. This is a team that just blinks and they're in the ALCS every single year. But there's something about this Orioles team this year with so much young talent, still not really spending much money, and they've found ways to win so far in the first half of the season. This is a team that's been great in the bullpen, 3.68 bullpen ERA in Baltimore, which is the sixth best mark in the game of baseball. Starting ERA, they're around the middle of the pack pot of the league. They're 4-4-8 four, four, in starter ERA so far in the season, so a 4.48 starter ERA, which is 17th in the game of baseball. As for the Astros, they're at a 3.74 mark in ERA for starters in the first half of the season, which is fourth best in the game of baseball. So this would be a good matchup, I think. I think it'd be a good matchup. Even though the Orioles starting rotation isn't as great as Houston's, I think the Orioles could go and make a move at the trade deadline. What is it they were to go get Shohei Otani and add him to their starting rotation in the heart of their order? There's a chance they could do that. They have the prospects to do so, just like the Dodgers. They could definitely do that. And then in NLDS, we have the Atlanta Braves and the Arizona Diamondbacks matching up. And then we have the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Miami Marlins matching up. I have the Braves taking down the Diamondbacks in four games. And then I have the Dodgers taking down the Marlins in three games. So here's my ALCS and NLCS matchups. We have Texas versus Baltimore in the ALCS. And then we have the Braves versus the Dodgers. As of right now, I'm going Rangers over Orioles in five games. But with that being said, one thing I do worry about with this Texas Rangers team is their bullpen, which they definitely have to go make a move and add to that bullpen. They did get Aroldis Chapman from Kansas City recently, but they do have to add to that bullpen. They are 25th in bullpen ERA in the game of baseball in the year, and that's the Texas Rangers. 25th in bullpen ERA with a 4.54 ERA from their bullpen on the year. As for starter ERA, they've been great. Third best mock in starter ERA in the game of baseball, the 3.71 starter ERA. This Rangers team is definitely built with their lineup. Offensively, they're great, and then starting rotation. But one thing that I do worry about with them is their bullpen. Can their bullpen last in close games?
And that's definitely something they have to add at the trade deadline, which obviously there'll be heavy buyers at the deadline. They're trying to make a run in the AL. So now in the NLCS, we have the Atlanta Braves going up against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I have the Braves taking down the Dodgers right now in seven games. And here's one thing that I do worry about with the Dodgers, just like I do worry about with the Rangers. I worry about their bullpens. The Dodgers' bullpen has been their biggest issue all season long. Health and then their bullpen. Two huge plaguing issues all season long for this Dodgers team. Right now, the Dodgers have a 4.43 bullpen ERA, which is 23rd in the game of baseball. So that's one thing they have to add, is add to their bullpen at the trade deadline. They have to do so. As for the Braves, it's hard to bet against this team right now. They have a 16-29 record on the year, which is the best in the MLB. They are 17-30 in the last 20 games and 25-5 in the last 30 games. This is a team that's hard to bet against. They have a great starting rotation. And even without Max Fried for the last couple months with a forearm injury, they've still been great with their starting rotation. As for Max Fried, he just started a rehab assignment in the last week or so, so he'll be probably getting back within the next month there for the Atlanta Braves rotation. And also add in, they have one of the best pitches in the game of baseball in Spencer Strider as well in their starting rotation. So it's hard to bet against that Braves team. Then they have Ronald Acuna Jr., who is the NL MVP right now, having a ridiculous video game number season so far for Atlanta. So it's hard to bet against that Braves team. So that's why, with my World Series matchup being the Atlanta Braves and Texas Rangers, I have the Atlanta Braves taking down the Texas Rangers in six games. So there's my predictions right there for the rest of the season. I gave you a whole breakdown of what the AL and NL playoff pictures look like as of now. I gave you predictions from this point on what I think is going to happen in the AL and NL respective playoff races. And then I finally gave you guys a rundown of all of my predictions this year for records for each team in the major leagues before the start of the season, which I meant to do. I had this since the first week of April, been meaning to put it out, and then just never got to do it. And I thought this was good timing, though, to really give you guys a breakdown of where I had each team at on the season overall. And we're at just about the midway point, 90 games in of 162 games. So we're just a, we're past, obviously, the midway point. But they consider the all-star break always the midway point since it's a break in the season. But about 90 games in is about 55% of the season in. So at the 55% mark of the season, I'm giving you a breakdown of where I had each team at overall the season when I made these predictions in April, and I gave you guys a rundown of actually where they stand right now. And now I'll give you a quick rundown of what I had for the AL and NL MVPs. In my predictions, I had Mike Trout winning the AL MVP. That's not going to happen. Shohei Otani, though, is the heavy favorite to win AL MVP. He'll win that rather easily, even if the season ended today. I did have Juan DeFranco as a dark horse to win the AL MVP in my predictions. He won't win MVP this year, but he's definitely going to be an MVP candidate for the rest of his career. Going to definitely be the best pure hitter in the game of baseball for years to come. Next up is the NL MVP prediction for me. I had Mookie Betts as my NL MVP prediction, and I'm going to stay with that. Even though Ronald Acuna Jr. right now is the favorite, I'm going to stay with Mookie Betts. He's definitely closed the gap there in the last week or two. I'm going to stay with Mookie Betts as my NL MVP. Then my dark horse, I gave two in the NL. I had Jazz Chisholm Jr., so I was far off with that. He has struggled with injuries, but he did show a lot of promise last year in a shortened season because of injuries. He showed a lot of pop to his bat. He even showed a little bit this year in the limited games he's played, but I was off there. But he was the cover of MLB The Show this year, and I thought maybe if he could stay healthy, a lot of things were going his way. I thought if he could stay healthy, he could definitely make a run at an MVP spot. But I was a little bit off there, which is fine. And then Willie Adamas, I had as a long shot for NL MVP just because I'm a big fan of him, I figured why not have him as a dark horse for an MVP. That's not going to happen, but he has had a decent year there for the Milwaukee Brewers. 
I didn't ultimately get to do Cy Young predictions, unfortunately. Didn't really get to write anybody down, it looks like. So that's obviously tough. But as of now, I'm going to go with Spencer Strider to win the NL Cy Young. And then I have Shane McClanahan, as of now, winning the AL Cy Young. So there's my breakdown of my predictions right now of where the playoff picture stands for the AL and NL, what I think is going to happen in each of those two leagues there, the American League and the National League as of now. And then I gave you guys a breakdown of what I think is going to happen in the MVP races between the AL and NL, which the AL, it's already a lock for Shohei, but the NL, it's still open even though Ronald Acuna Jr. right now is still the heavy favorite over Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. So anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. I will probably have an episode within the next few days to talk about the MLB trade deadline, which is only a couple weeks away on August 1st. I will keep you guys updated on the Shohei Otani trade rumors and then also probably deliver an episode on the James Harden and Damian Lillard trade rumors as well. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. Much appreciated as always. Hope you guys have a good one. I'll see you guys again soon. Thank you.